0: A cheer echoed around the pub. Gareth Southgate's team were now 3-0 up. The three Lions were on their way to victory and the England fans were watching with bated breath. After all the false promises and dreams that had to be put on hold, it was finally coming home. They were going to win the European Championship. But on the sage bush in the pub garden, a different drama was playing out. And if any of the ecstatic fans looked, they'd have noticed that as Italy's sporting hopes disappeared, so did numerous aphids. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 41 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, a podcast about ladybirds and ladybugs around the world. I'm your host, Rachel. So, if you're in England, you possibly have something other than ladybirds on your mind. I'm talking, of course, about the Euro 2020 football tournament, and I'm recording this episode just as England has gone to the final for the first time in 55 years. So by the time you listen to it, this prediction or this intro might turn out to be completely hopelessly out of date or just the wishful thinking of a fan, or on the other hand, it might be right. So let's hope so. I'm sure we'll find out in due course. My podcast recommendation for this week is the New Species podcast by L. Brian Patrick. Every week, Brian sits down with scientists who discovered a new species, whether that's an animal, a plant, a fungus, or something else, and talks to them about their discovery. And I discovered this podcast a few weeks ago, and I'm hooked. I've so far learned about aquatic mice, oysters that build reefs, not coral reefs, but oyster reefs, and even huntsman spiders the size of dinner plates. And I recently learned that multiple species of rodents, especially rats and mice, are still being found every year. And they are among the most diverse group of animals that exist. So if you want to find out more about the incredible range of biodiversity in the world, then go check it out. And I'd also like to point out, and this is going to be quite relevant to this episode, that I recently did an interview with Brendan Black from the Talk Ag to Me podcast about conservation issues in agriculture. I'll put the link in the show notes. It was a lot of fun. I really hope you enjoy listening to it. And the rest of his podcast is really worth checking out. It's a podcast that's all about farming and agriculture. It talks about various issues such as the rural-urban divide, various issues around meat production and so on. And it's really, really worth listening to for a perspective, let's say, that you might not have heard about before. And as I was editing this episode, I learned that a friend of mine has actually transcribed my interview for episode 36 with Mohammed Najadra and Mazam Qumziya into Arabic. And I'm going to link to that in the show notes too. And um, yeah, like if you're an Arabic speaker, like check it out because that will be really useful. So I actually wrote a lot of this episode last year, over one year ago now. And it was about the time that the whole COVID lockdown and pandemic was starting. And I had a lot of other things on my mind. So I kind of messed up the recording and I had to get rid of it. But as this little ladybird has always reminded me of a football due to the patterns on its elytra, I think now is a great time to talk about it. Now football might well be coming home. So if you're ready, then let's get started with the ladybird. Have you ever heard of a ladybird with square spots? Seems kind of unlikely, doesn't it? Square isn't an especially natural seeming shape. But that's what we're gonna talk about today and the ladybird is unique in other ways. It's the 14 spot, Propylia quatordescent punctata. And if you live in the UK, you might even be lucky enough to see it because it's one of our 47 native species. Propylia, for the name of the genus, is spelled P-R-O-P-Y-L-E-A. But in ancient Greek, it's more often transliterated if you're a classics scholar as propylaea, which is P-R-O-P-Y-L-A-E-A, and is defined as a monumental gateway, according to Encyclopedia Britannica. One example of a propylia is that which serves as the entrance to the Acropolis of Athens. It's also called a propylium, and according to Encyclopedia Britannica again, it consists of a porch or gatehouse at the entrance of a sacred enclosure supported by columns within and outside the gate. The Acropolis Propylia was designed by Minesicles and work started at around 437 BC. And that's, of course, I think it's one of the seven wonders of the world, although I might be mistaken here. But Quatordes and Punctata means 14 spots in Latin. So it's a little bit less exciting there. So first of all, I'm gonna talk about the ladybird's appearance since that is one of the most obvious, notable things about it. And the way it looks really does seem to capture people's attention. A lot of people say it looks like a smiley face or an emoji. And I always thought that since I was a kid, and I know I'm not the only one to think this, that this ladybird looks like a football myself because of the appearance of the spot pattern. When I was younger, we used to buy these footballs for the dog and, uh, you know, kick them around and stuff and uh, play with the dog while we were playing football. And the pattern on the footballs would look very, very like the 14-spot ladybird. I've also heard it compared with a Pokemon. Other things it's been compared to include an anchor or a clown, like a little clown face, like you can see the the smile kind of like, going along the the bottom of it and the two square spots on either side. So people really see what they want to see with the ladybird. The legs are yellowish brown and the underside also known as the ventral side is also yellowish brown. So are the antennae. So in the UK, there are three ladybirds with a similar yellow color, the 16 spot and the 22 spot being the other two And all three can easily be confused if you don't know what you're looking at. The 16 spot and the 22 spot have already been featured on the show. And the 14 spot is, generally speaking, a little bit darker yellow than the 22 spot. It's got like a tiny, tiny like tinge of orange in it. Although they can be cream colored, especially when they've just emerged, or even orange sometimes. And as I've mentioned just now it's got rectangular spots which are merged and there's a thick black line going down the side of the ladybird and this combination of the spots generally results in its striking emoji or football-like appearance. The spots are usually merged but they don't have to be and you only have to look at the number and position of spots on the ladybird to tell it apart from the 16 or 22 spots. The 16 spot is usually much smaller and it has wavy lines of spots on either side. And the 22 spot usually never has merged spots. It's more of a kind of like pure lemon yellow appearance. And if the spots weren't merged, which most of them are, but obviously the, the person that described this ladybird was looking at one with unmerged spots. There are 14 little rectangles along its back in that case. Some forms of the 14 spot have the ladybird pretty much entirely black with yellow spots. I've seen 14 spots in photos with an orange instead of a yellow background. And this is one of the first results on Google when you search for the ladybird, but I've never actually seen one. And on the pronotum, there's sort of a crown shaped pattern Although on some ladybirds, the ones with the 14 spots which are rectangular but not joined up, they can be much more kind of like light and spotty, like a 10 spot, rather than having that form. But they do vary. I did actually once find one 14 spot with very unusual markings in a field. And whereas the rectangles on its elytra usually form a smiley face type pattern, in this case... The ladybird's spots actually joined together in a kind of rectangle. So, on the sort of um, lower half of its elytra, it was a really thick, bordered rectangle, and the line going down the middle of the ladybird wasn't actually as noticeable. So, kind of like a big rectangle along the lower half of the ladybird's body. And I just found that really interesting. And it's worth saying as well when the ladybird first hatches out, it's not yellow it's kind of white or creamish colour, which is ironic really, because um, the more brightly coloured red ladybirds are, um, are bright yellow when they come out, but the 14 spot's um, whitish cream. A lot like a 16 spot. And so I've talked before about how, when the ladybird comes out of the pupa, their wings and body are generally very soft and a different colour to how it will be once the beetle's body is hardened up. 14 spot is no exception. And of course when the seven spot hatches out its body is generally the same colour as the 14 spot spends its adult life. The males take longer to develop into adults and also go through each sort of larval pre-pupil and pupil stage. They take longer than the female. I collected a 14 spot pupa from a leaf in 2019. I waited for it to hatch and the resulting ladybird was a very pale colour when it came out and so it takes a while for it to sort of harden up and become harder and darker and when it came out this sort of newly emerged 14 spot looked very very similar to a 16 spot. It was kind of pale almost white colour except it was like quite a lot bigger and I actually did see the ladybird again after a few days and it was a lot more yellowish by that time 14-spot larvae, are dark grey with white patches on the thorax and the upper parts of the abdomen and are somewhat thin and small. During the fourth instar, which is the last instar before it becomes a pupa, there are yellowish patches on the white parts of the larva. And I should also say that the larva is a lot more kind of like long, thin and energetic than some of the other ones. The pupa is a dull grey or brown colour with yellow patches and a pale line going across it. And it can also be confused with a pupa of a 10 or 2 spot. And I've found 14 spot pupas before and believe that they were 2 spots and they weren't. For example, one 14 spot I collected had a pronotum when it first of hatched out of its pupa. And it looks just like a 2 spot. And it had these two little white eye-like markings, which mostly 2 spots are the only ones that actually have that. And it looks so like it that... Even like a ladybird expert that I'm not going to name, told me it was a two spot when I saw it hatch and I had a photo of it because it just looks such a convincing two spot. But after an hour or so, its spots actually did appear and uh, it was a surprise to everyone because it was a 14 spot. The ladybird is important for the control of aphids in a variety of agricultural settings. It can live in a range of habitats, especially likes nettles, shrubs, and garden habitats, but you can also get it on trees or grassland. From my observations, they tend to be seen later in the summer, but I've also seen reports saying that they can be seen earlier than other ladybird species, although I've never seen them like sort of before April or, or March or so, so I don't know whether that's accurate. During the winter, you don't actually find that many 14 spots, but you can sometimes find them in leaf litter and hibernating on trees. But they do have a shorter life expectancy than other ladybirds, around 100 to 115 days. So they will have a couple of generations within a year and not all of them will be overwintering or hibernating. But a Czech study found that these ladybirds can live as long as 162 days when they're fed on aphids, including... Aphis crassivora, although this is very rare. The 14 spot lives in a variety of habitats, including all across Asia, Europe and Russia. They're native to what's called the Palearctic region, which is Europe and the Northern Hemisphere. They're also found in parts of North Africa and the Middle East. And unfortunately, as we hear about on this podcast, they've been introduced to other parts of the world, such as America and they've had negative effects on the population of other ladybirds. But in agriculture, the 14-spot is an extremely important predator of aphids, and it can also feed on psyllids, which are these small little plant hoppers and jumping plant lice. Now, I want to say something about how the 14-spot ladybird behaves. Both the aloe and the larva tend to be very, very active and mobile. It can, in my experience, be hard to get a photo of the ladybird, because they're quite skittish and if you seem like you're approaching them a lot of the time they'll fly away or they'll play dead extremely quickly. Last year the ladybird I raised from the pupa crawled onto my hand when I saw it again and I think that's the only time it happened with a 14 spot. Maybe it remembered me or maybe it was just like fancy crawling on my hand I don't know. The larva is pretty much exactly the same both adults and larvae are really fast dashing around all over the place. This is also true when you see the ladybirds mating. It's quite common to look onto a leaf and, you know, even when they're mating they'll just be wandering around, one of them will be eating an aphid and they'll just be carrying on as normal. Which is quite hilarious, really. I found a number of interesting studies about 14 spots, and one I want to highlight focuses on something I didn't actually consider before, and I found it really fascinating. The study is from Egypt in 2014 and it focuses on the effects of LEDs on 14-spot ladybirds' feeding habits. It's called Phototactic Effects of Solar Energy and Light Emitting Diodes LEDs on Propylia Quatordescent Punctata against Phenococcus solenopsis. The Plant Protection Research Institute at the Agricultural Research Centre in Egypt was conducting research on whether the 14-spot was an effective predator against Phenococcus Solenopsis, which, as you might have guessed from the name Coccus, is a scale insect. Well, it's actually a mealybug. And the mealybug is an invasive species, originally from Central America. And this kind of species is a serious pest of cotton in India and Pakistan, as well as other crops. So research is ongoing into what can actually control it effectively. And it was found that 14 spots main prey was aphids. And they tended to avoid mealybugs because of difficulty eating them, difficulty breaking in because of the proteins around the mealybug, kind of like protecting it from from damage. But what the researchers did is they exposed the ladybirds and scale insects to different types of light for one hour each in order to try and influence the 14 spot to change its diet. So these were cool white LEDs, super blue LEDs, fluorescent light and darkness and they found something really surprising. In the dark the 14 spots didn't actually try and eat any mealybugs at all and this is as you'd expect because it's not really a part of their natural diet and the ladybird doesn't actually tend to go around much in the dark anyway. Like many ladybirds it's not really active then and when this scene was happening under fluorescent light the ladybirds only tried to go for the Phenococcus solenopsis mealybugs 1.1% of the time. But when the 14 spots were exposed to the LED light while they were being given these mealybugs, something really interesting happened. If they were exposed to blue LED light, they attacked the mealybugs 77.78% of cases while it was all happening. And if they're exposed to the Cool white LED light. I'm sorry, I really love the names of these things. They've got super blue and cool white. Then, in that case, with a white LED, they went after the really bugs in 90% of cases. And it's not really quite clear why this is going on. But if the findings were replicated, then that means that in settings such as greenhouses or urban farms where plants are grown indoors, by altering the type of light the ladybird's exposed to, they could actually be tempted to go after a much wider selection of prey. The researchers also found that ants attack 14 spots less than various other species of ladybirds, including seven spots, Harlequins, Harmonia axoridus, and the Adonis ladybird. Ant stings also affected 14 spots, much less when they were stung or attacked. And I found this really interesting too, it was actually found that rather than going after aphids on open leaves, 14 spots, both adults and larvae, show a strong attraction towards going after prey on rolled up leaves. So if your plant is in trouble, there's loads of ants and aphids, its leaves are shriveling up and you've got loads of rolled up leaves, then you know what to do. And maybe if you've got scale insects and mealybugs, bugs, shine an LED light onto it if you've got other pests causing an issue and you never know, it might work. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm going to go watch the game later on this weekend and before that happens I might calm my nerves by trying to find a 14 spot. If you like the show and want to support me you can buy me a coffee at co-fee.com slash hwabpodcast. You can follow me on twitter at hwabpodcast or on instagram at 365.ladybird or like my facebook page at Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Ghana, Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Music at the start of the show is by Deborah Torrance. Thanks very much and goodbye for now.